Welcome to Ballin' on the Budget. In each episode, I like to sit down with seasoned, past, or present professional or college athletes who generously share their unique experiences, revealing the highs, the lows, and the lessons they learned along the way. We go beyond the game, diving into some crucial topics of financial literacy and the revolutionary landscape of name image likeness. For most of you who don't know, that's NIL. So today we got here with us my guy, uh, my cousin, you know what I mean? One of my favorite nephews, a guy who came out and, and bought out at North Carolina State, all team ACC, uh, is now undrafted and signed to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Isaiah, in 30 seconds, man, just give them a brief background of, you know, who you are, where you came from, you know what I'm saying? Just let the people know what it is. Sure. What's up, y'all? Uh, Isaiah Moore. I'm originally from Newport News, Virginia. Uh, like Moose said, I went to school at, at North Carolina State. I was a three-time captain there, three-time number one where I'm all SEC player. And I'm going undrafted, decided to Kansas City Chief by answering my first training camp, man. Excited to be here. Oh, man, yeah. You know, he downplayed that a little bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, this guy, I think, he, you know, led the school in tackles, man, beyond the line of scrimmage. At one point was leading uh, pretty much the entire nation. It was top five in the nation um, in tackles behind the line of scrimmage in all of college football. Um, so we're going to dive right into it, right? So Isaiah, for me, one of the questions I want to ask, and I'm sure it was like the people want to know, is what advice would you give to young student-athletes who are trying to balance their academics and sports commitments effectively. Yeah, man, I think, you know, once you step into college, it's extremely tough. Um, you need to balance a lot of things. A lot of things can, you know, distract you. Um, but you got to make time for what's important to you. And what and if you're an athlete, what should be important to you is your schoolwork and, and your sport. You know, so time management was a big piece of me, something I had to learn. You know, most schools do a really good job of organizing your schedule in a way for you to be successful with offering the help that you need. But also, you know, a lot of stuff is on you, man. You got to put a lot on your shoulders. You got to be able to understand when you got to be here, when you got to be there, um, when, when this is due, when that is due. So a lot of things on yourself. But just make time for what's important to you. And what should be important to you as an athlete is your schoolwork and your sport. Absolutely, man. I, I totally agree. Like, how was your transition from from high school to college? Yeah, for me, you know, it was it was tough. Um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in a family, you know, you, you know our family, super, super loving, um, show us a lot of support, you know, on and off the field, you know. And then I'm, I'm stepping in college, stepping away from home for really the first time ever, being on my own, not having mom and daddy over my shoulder to tell me, you know, this this is the right thing, this is not, this is not the right thing to do. Um, it was definitely transition for me at first, man. Um, but I think, I, you know, I had handled it well. Um, NC State gave me a great support system that, really helped help me a lot and um, in that transition. So um, it's, it's going to be different for everybody. But I think if you hold true to the morals you were brought up with, well, you should be fine. So with the multiple offers you had coming out of high school, why why NC State? Like, what made you want to go to NC State? For me, man, you know, NC State ended up being my only power five offer, you know, coming come, coming out of um, coming out of high school. And I always thought of myself as a, a power five player, you know, as a, as a big time player, you know, playing those big time games. And, um, NC State was the only school to offer me the opportunity, man, to play games I wanted to play. You know, we we played, you know, down in Clemson on college game day, you know, multiple times in my career. Played Florida State, 
play, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, schools like that, you know, NC State offered me an opportunity that a lot of other schools, you know, didn't, you know, be able to play under the lights, um, play those big games and, you know, make a name for myself. Absolutely. So, so I know the people want to know, like, you're excited, right? You're in the NFL. You was able to be called by the defending champions. Like, how is, how is, what's different about Kansas City now that you're inside the locker room that you can see why they're so powerful and why they're one of these type of championships? I say, man, I think it's their attention to detail, man. Um, you know, every little thing, you know, from how the schedule's made up during the day, um, you know, if a meeting's supposed to end at 1130, they, they make sure it ends at 1130, you know, they, they try to use up every minute they can, you know, in that building, man. And, that, and that's really something I appreciate, you know, being a rookie, a young guy coming in, I want to be able to absorb, you know, as much as I can, you know, walking in the building. And they have a, a great, you know, coaching staff that's been doing this for a long time. Andy Reid and his staff have been doing this for a long time. You know, they have great leaders on the team as well, you know, like Mahomes and Kelsey. And just watching those guys from afar, you know, just admiring the way they work, the way they even show up. We you know a lot of superstars, you know, might skip, oh, might skip, you know, uh, voluntary OTAs or, or might skip you know, voluntary minicamp. Those guys that are in there, you know, each and every day, um, you know, putting in the work and, and setting a great example for us young guys coming up. So, how real is that relationship between Mahomes and Kelsey? And 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 do you believe that that building those type of relationships on and off the field actually helps to the success? Of the team. Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, observing them from afar, you know, having a couple conversations with them in the locker room, man. They're they're truly down to earth guys, man. Um, it's, it's nothing you know egotistical about them at all. It's those those are green on two guys that I've I've already you know been accustomed to. You know, they'll do anything for the team. You know, they're unselfish guys, man. And uh, you know, they're best of friends. You know, as far as, far as I can tell, you know, you've seen them play in the um the golf tournament against Steph yeah. against Steph and Clay. Um, and they. On the practice field, man, our gap each other love always side by side, stretch together before practice. Um, so their relationship, you know, that that be from afar, you know, it's, it's been great. Man, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. You truly blessed, a hundred percent. So, how did you handle the pressures of high school and college athletics, and what strategies did you use to stay focused and motivated? Yeah, you know, for me, man, like I said before, you know, in high school and college, you got a bunch of distractions, you know, around you, you know, being being an athlete. I mean, you got parties, you got, you know, friends that's not athletes want you to go out and do this, this, that, and the third. Of course, you got school, whatever, family stuff you got going on as well. Um, you know, for me, man, I just try to make the main thing the main thing, you know, at all times, man. So when I was in class, class is my main thing. When I was on football field, football is my main thing. If I was hanging out with my boys and relaxing, I made that my main thing, but I also had to keep in mind what I have or, or, or what I wanted to do in the future. You know, so when I when I went out to party and stuff, and you know, guys around me doing things they probably shouldn't be doing, I try to separate myself, man. I just try to you know be my own person and understand that you know my goals are different from their goals, my aspirations are different are different from theirs, and, and that doesn't make you know what they're doing you know any you know wrong or anything like that. But we just, we just think differently, so we got to make sure we operate on that you know on, on that accord. Um, but as far as handling the pressures, man, like I said, just make the main thing the main thing, man. You got to be able to um, compartmentalize the athlete. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a big tool to have. You got to be able to go from play to play, from series to series, you know, from, from drill to drill. Um, and, and even though in school, going from class to class, you got to be able to switch your mind on and off at all times. And I think the ability to do that is what makes a lot of people great. So what were some of the, the, the biggest transitions or the biggest challenges you face transitioning from high school to college. Now, I know you didn't actually move too far from home. 
Mm-hmm. And if, if you've had a chance to reach out to some of the kids who are, you know, with multiple offers and trying to decide where to go, um, what what advice would you give them? Like, is 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 is, is the feeling of campus important or is it the, the winning success of the football team? Because some kids at this age, at an early age, they care more about the symbol you know, on the helmet than anything. And, I, and to me, I don't think that that's one of the main things that you need to focus on. You need to be somewhere where they actually love you, where they love you not only when they got you there, but while you're there and going to help you succeed to get to the next level. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing and the most important thing, you know, for a high school athlete coming out um, it, when, you, when you're choosing a college is finding the best fit for you. Not the best fit that you've seen on NCAA, not the best fit that you've seen on TV or ESPN. Find the best fit, you know, for you. You know, um, NC State was a great fit for me because I felt like I could walk in there and they would they would develop me as a player. You know, my my freshman year, you know, we had our senior class was loaded, man. You know, we had Bradley Chubb, um, you know, Jermaine Jermaine Pratt, you know, guys that's making big money in the league on, you know, and, and playing a lot. Our whole front four D line got, got drafted, you know, my, my freshman year. But once once the situation, I understood I wasn't gonna play right away. I understood that I was probably gonna register. But what they told me, you know, and I and I believed them is that, look, man, you're gonna come here, you're gonna get developed at both both a player and a man, and you're gonna walk out of here better than you can. And that's what any college coach's goal is. You know, winning and all that stuff is great, and winning is extremely important. But the true meaning of winning is that you're developing these young kids and developing these young men into being into being men right. and into being great and being great players. Bro. Man, I, listen, I hope y'all listening, man, because he's spitting fire, man. Isaiah's spitting fire. I always say our job as coaches is to develop young men. It's not all about winning and losing. It's to develop young men. And throughout developing young men, it comes with sharing, sharing information, sharing experiences. Something that you can reach down to somebody younger than you and let them know what you've been through or what to expect when going to the next level and hoping that they're taking some of that information. So that's powerful. So, like, how important do you believe financial literacy is for student athletes, right? And what steps can they take to improve their financial understanding and management skills? Because now, you know, we got NIL now, right? Young people, you know, their self is their brand. So now most individuals they looked at is just athletes. They looked at as individual businesses. Yeah, man, I think it's it's more it's more important now than ever. You know, I, you know, caught the tail end of NIL, you know, exiting college. And um, but it was just about to take off, man. So like my, I start with my, my, my first, you know, couple years in state where NIL wasn't a thing. You know, we got a little stacking checks or whatever, but you know, a lot of a lot of stuff was already taken care of for us. You know, our rent taken care of for us, our food taken care of for us. Or really all, all we had to pay for was gas and then whatever, whatever kicks or whatever, whatever we wanted, you know, stuff like that. Now, um, you know, with NIL, um, these kids they got they can get thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars just at snap the finger almost, man. But the true question is do they truly know what to do with that money? And you know, do do their families know what to do with that money? Cause I'm seeing a lot of kids that are, you know, get promised all this money and don't understand the tax ramifications behind it. Don't understand, you know, where to put this, where to put that, how to invest. Um, so I, I would say this, man. So a lot of y'all collectives out there that's, you know, hand these kids money. Make sure y'all telling these kids what, what to do with that money as well. Make sure y'all give them the knowledge to make smart decisions about their money too. Because just handing them the money just to get them in the door, that's not developing developing them at all, man. That that's just giving them that instant gratification that they're looking for. But nothing in this world comes that easy, man. So there's, there's no reason that NIS come that easy as well. 
Man, that was dope. That was dope, man. That was that was that was super dope. And like I'll tell you, I'll tell you too, man, like NIL was never supposed to be this mm. in the first place. It was never supposed to be this recruiting advantage that it is now, man. NIL is supposed to provide athletes with a platform. Right. And you're supposed to be able to build yourself up as a brand, not just as, yeah, I just play football. Like shoot, you, you can play football, you can have clothing brand, you can do all these different things. But nobody's nobody's gonna know about it because all you're doing is taking this, this, this quick quick little buck from this so and so collective over here. Like you build yourself up, man. Like all these donors and stuff that are donating to the collective, like that's great. You know, keep doing it. But you donate like or invest in these athletes, man. Invest in them. Make business decisions with them. Make business deals with them. Have them be a part of this. Invite invite them in. Don't just write a check and be like, I did I did what I'm supposed to do. Right. You feel me? And then be hands right. up about it. Right. All these donors that's, that's you know got these this these big businesses, man, these big contractors and all that stuff, man. Athletes need that. Like we 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 need those connections, man. Cause a lot of us growing up, man, all we all we had was ball. And now we get into the real world, man, we can expand that even more because of the platform that ball gave us. Our platform shouldn't just only be ball, it should be extremely more than that. Absolutely. And donors got the pen to be able to help us do that. You know, so I'll say this, man, just Invest in the people, man. Invest in the people, man. Just invest, invest, invest. No doubt, man. Look, I appreciate the jewels and gems you dropping on a lot of these young individuals, and I hope y'all out there listening, man. So, what are some of the key lessons you learned about managing your finances throughout high school and college? And was was the information that you learned from your parents, right? Like for me, when I went to school, we was never taught about financial literacy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about credit. I didn't know anything about credit reports. I didn't know anything about budgeting or none of this stuff. So I know that was 20 years ago, but I, but it seems as if talking from some of these kids at times have not changed as much. So did you learn about financial literacy while your time in high school or at NC State, or was it just something that was brought down from your parents? I say it's probably something brought down from my parents, man, because, um, you know, in high school we took a little ec- ec- economics class, but all we did was watch watch. The episode of Shark Tank oh. all day long, you know what I mean. So like, it, it won't like we were, we were really learning too much. And when we got to college, um, you know, they kind of budgeted for you in a sense, you know, with the monthly stipend checks. So you know, you got this amount, this amount, this amount that month, and that was all your rent already taken out and all that stuff like that. So it kind of helped helped you along. Um, so for me, um, what I what I've kind of done is kind of just operate on that same mindset. Um, as far as you know, I'm just act like my rent. You know, it's this much, and I'm going to take that out. So, okay, my, I'm going to set a budget for food for the month and do that stuff. So, I kind of learned that stuff, you know, from my mom, my dad, watching them over the years, um, you know, just budgeting. And as far as credit, my God, man, I didn't know a lick about credit until I graduated college. Um, You know, like I, you know, heard, heard about it and I kind of understood the premise of it. With the true ins and outs, I had no idea about any of that until really I just stepped out of college. And I'm meeting with, you know, the NFL Players Association and things of that nature school schooled me up on it a lot. You know, I did a lot of, a lot of my own research as well. Um, but I do think, um, especially now in the world of NIL, um, that colleges need to do a, a, a better job, um, you know, provide financial literacy, you know, to these athletes, man, because the amount of money they're giving out, money go fast. That's one thing I do know. It goes super fast, man, if you, if you use it the wrong way. Um, so, you know, colleges need to do a better job um, of schooling these athletes on financial literacy, man. For sure. Absolutely, man. And that's why we we bring to you Balling on a Budget, right? Not only the podcast, but we also have a a financial literacy course that's tailor-made to student athletes featuring Lindale White, 
another college great, right? Who, who, who's speaking the same thing. It's where you don't have to listen to your father or your mother or your guardian. You can actually listen to past and present players who've been through what you're about to go through and what they're telling you is the truth. Like it seems like a big shots up to, to NC State, man, because it seems like they actually helped you understand um, what money actually is, right? A lot of people don't understand that you can get money at a lump sum really, really fast, but then it can also be gone really, really fast. And you don't want to regret looking back and seeing some of the things you may have purchased because, hey, the value of that chain when you bought it at 10000 now when you want to sell it, they only going to give you $1,500. So was it a smart purchase just to be able to, you know, flaunt and stun on your friends and, and, and feel good about yourself for a short period of time? No, no, it absolutely was not. So let's get back into it. Um, Isaiah, like you, you created your own clothing brand in college. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to start a business during the apex of your college career with all the pressure of entering the draft at that point and media surrounding North Carolina State? Like, can you share any specific examples of how name, image, likeness, NIL deals have impacted your career? And what advice would you give the young athletes looking to navigate into this new landscape? Yeah, for sure, man. You know, um, like I said before, I I caught the tail in the NIL a little bit on, uh, you know, exit, exit in college. Um, but when I did start, you know, my clothing brand, once NIL became a thing, um, we, we, we were hot, man. Uh, we were super hot. And I was I was already, you know, a two-time captain at that point, already all-ACC all, all guy. And um, we had just brought everybody back from my team. It was turning everybody. It was a lot of pub around, around um, NC State, you know, on the – both the local and national level, we was getting put everywhere. We was preseason top ten. I don't know who was getting a lot of buzz, man. So you know, for me and a lot of my other teammates as well, we thought it was a great opportunity to use the platform that NC State football gave us to now you know be able to monetize that. You know, for us, it was, it was, it was a clothing brand. And um, for me, um, the biggest thing I wanted to do was because NC State didn't sell any, any jerseys with our names on them like that. Really, nothing my name on. I, I wanted to get my family first. And an opportunity to wear something with my name on, you know, entering the games and all that. And, and you know, I gave them an opportunity. And also, I gave NC State fans that same opportunity as well, man. Um, so for me, it was pretty a localized thing. Like, I didn't, you know, try to do nothing crazy with the brand. You said Isaiah more on it, but it was something that, you know, that's my name. I, I put my name out there. And um, I think I know I succeeded off of it. And that's a beautiful thing. You've seen an opportunity and you took advantage of it. Like you just said, his name, that is you. That's your brand. I believe every single person should own their own LLC and that LLC should be your name. And we'll get more into that a little bit later. But oh, like boy. off that, off your name, man, I just want to make sure like y'all understand what, what Mook is saying. Your name is LLC, that's that's a, as a business. We ain't talking about putting your name on these party, these party flyers, on these pool party flyers. I you see it all the time, man. Athletes put their names on these flyers to promote this party, and they ain't, they ain't getting none from it, you know? Except, you know, whatever, whatever party give me, you know, a few drinks or, you know, getting with a girl or something. But, like, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about truly making a business out of yourself because you are a business, man. Especially as an athlete, your mind, your body, and who you are is your business, man. And don't let nobody take that from you. Absolutely, man. And, and me and Isaiah talk a lot. Uh, we just talked about this at breakfast. Like you gotta understand when you when you when you create 
a LLC or a business, that gas, which is trips to, to work, which is the university, which is the, the NFL stadium, those things can be written off. 25% of your living space, because you own a business, can be utilized and, and um, as office space. So you can write that off as well. So there's so many tips and tricks that can help you save on taxes when you actually create your own business. And with you going into the NFL, try to give the people a little, a little bit about taxes because a lot of these young individuals who are starting to get NIL deals or these young individuals that's going to the NFL or going to the NBA like Imani Bates, Smith Lanny, big shout out to Imani Bates. What, what, what would you tell them about what's contracted and what you actually get? Like if they telling you you get five million, Please let the people know that's not actually five million dollars. Yeah, it, ain't, it it definitely ain't five mil, man. Um, you know, I got I got my signing bonus. Um, you know, I'm saying I took about 40 percent off that. You know, you know, so you get about half of what of, of what is written down, man. So all these big big you know you know players with these contracts, man. Just understand that that's what's written on the contract, but that's not actually what's what you're getting, man. So um, even with the nil space, man. Um. What the NFL does for us, which is great, they take them taxes out the front. So we ain't got to pay ourselves in the back end. A lot of these collectors already know they're not taking those taxes out up front for y'all, man. You know, we got, we got, we got our club in NC State, um, which big, big shout out to Packer Woods, man. They did, did a great job of helping us do that, mm-hmm. you know, giving us, you know, that, that, that financial literacy that we needed to, okay, look, I'm going to put this much aside, you know, for taxes, just, you know, just in case. But a lot of clubs, they're not doing that, man. So make sure that you understand that. The money you get, especially if it exceeds what is it, uh, 18000 yeah. eighteen thousand. If it exceeds that, I'm saying you you are going to be taxed on it at some point. So make sure you ain't just going and spending all that all at once. Set set some aside, man, for the end of the year when tax day come around. Because if not, you can't you can't be nothing saying, man. He gonna get his. He gonna get his. And for some of you veterans that 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 are in the league, you can create a business and you can add your children as employees, that same allowance that you're giving them, right? You can still give them, but then that can become an actual write-off and an opportunity for your child to collect tax money at the end of the year. So let's keep going, man. Like this is fire. Like I'm, I'm super excited about this. Again, um, our sponsors, Mobby Hey We Rise, right? Means resilience. It means community empowerment. That's exactly what we're about. Boys and Girls Club of Southeastern Michigan. Um, big ups to Sean Wilson for providing an additional platform for us to be able to speak out to the youth because we go by the reach one, teach one method. All right. So Isaiah, like, how did you handle setbacks or disappointments during your high school and college athletic career? I remember the Miami Hurricanes game, and I don't want to throw this back out there in 2021, right? What about that game upsets you the most? Like you were looking at being a first or second round NFL draft pick. Then boom, unexpectedly, you suffered an unexpected season-ending injury in the first quarter. Um, what was going through your mind at that moment? You know, like what what, what was what was you thinking about? Yeah, man, you know, entering entering that game, I I just came off probably, you know, two of my best games I ever played in college. You know, we had, we had beat Clemson at home, um, you know, for the for the first time in a long time. And then, you know, played Boston College. And, I, you know, I got a pick and a couple of PPUs and, like, three, four TFLs. Playing great, man. Having a great, great season. 
um, you know, up up to that point, man. And then, um, you know, we go down to Miami. And uh, like, like you said, I was riding high, man. I just, you know, solidified stuff with my agent. I'm like, all right, so I'm going. We'll be good. You know, you know, walk to the game, you know, feeling great. And she was second, second drop of the game, man. You know, easy, easy run through on a TFL. And made it a hundred times before. Um, you know, click gets caught in the ground, get hit. ACL, ACL gone just like that, man. Um, you know, and um, it was tough, man, because I, I, I knew it. I knew it immediately, you know, and um. We, we, we had only had one loss at that point. We were still, you know, pushing pushing to win the HAC championship for the first time since, like, 1980 in NC State, man. And we were, we were right there we were on on the road to it, man. And um, so I was hurting a lot for my team because um, I understood, you know, you know what I what I meant to the team at that point, you know, being you know, my linebacker and, and leader of that defense, man. And then on just being a personal note, man, uh, it hurt, hurt a lot, man, you know, physically and mentally, man. Um, just that immediate shock of understanding, all right, man, my season's over. And then, all right, now what's next? You know, everything that I put into that season um, was, you know, this is my, this, this is my last year. You know, this, this, this is it. Um, go in there, ball out, and then we get paid, man. And um, had that taken away from me so so fast, um, it humbled me a lot. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I took from it is that I got a chance to just go back to work. You know, just go back to work, go back to the basics, man, and figure out why I truly love football, you know, again, you know. You know, I think I got to a point where I was riding high, and I probably got a little cocky, to be honest with you, man. Just feeling myself a little bit. And, um, you know, God humbled me, and I, I thank him for that each and every day because I don't think I would have appreciated the opportunity I have now the same, you know, if I, if I didn't go through that. Man, so, so not looking not looking at life – Things like that as as losses, but sometimes lessons. No, it's never you. The only time you, you lose anything is if you if you don't learn from it, man. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from a lot of the setbacks that I've had, you know, in my life. Everything I've tried to take something from it, and I think if you just apply that mindset each and every day, man, to hey, this is this is not a setback. This is, this is something. Honestly, this about to be something greater because I'm I'm learning something from this, and now I know how to put myself in a bad situation. Now let this happen again. Now. Could, could I prevent it, you know, that, that play? Probably not. You know, and I, I come to peace with that, you know, but at the same time, the steps that I took following that is what put me in the position I am now. You know, I went back to work, hit that rehab hard as I could each and every day, and ended up coming back and probably having a better 2022 season than I would have had 2021 season, which will put me in position, you know, to where I am now with the Chiefs, man. So I'm just extremely thankful, you know, to God for, for you know, giving me, giving me the opportunity and then, you know, also to my family, you know, for, you know, just riding, riding behind me and supporting me, you know, through, you know, through it all. So, at, at any point during this time period, mm-hmm. did you ever think that, I just want to quit, like, I, I just, was there anything that wasn't motivating you to just keep going? Like, this is a small step, it's a small hurdle, it's either one or two things I can do, I can fight back, which I know it's going to take me months of rehab to get back to where I need to be and be able to play at the same pace I was or just give up. Yeah, man, I think, you know, that immediate shock was like, okay, what are you going to do? You know, and it wasn't, um, you know, because I had to wait, you know, a couple of weeks before I had surgery. I had to wait for the swelling to go down and all that stuff. So I was kind of like, I was in the dumps a little bit those first first couple of weeks. Um, trying to trying to you know figure out what I was gonna do, and then man, when I got that surgery, man, I was I was down bad, man. I was I was hurting, 
probably the worst friend I ever felt in my life, you know, after that surgery. And then just being immobilized for six weeks, it, it does, does a lot to your mental, man. Um, you know, you can't, you, you can't carry the shower by yourself. You can't, you know, drive yourself where you want to go. I looked, my, my apartment was on the third, third floor of our apartment building and we, we didn't have any elevators. Mm -hmm. So going going upstairs, just doing those simple things each and every day was extremely extremely difficult, man. It definitely weighed on my mental heavy, man. It's like, but I had to ask myself. I said, you know, do you love what you do? Do you do you truly love ball? Do you truly want to you know be where you where, where you been talking about you want to be since you was four years old? I said, yeah, I do. All right, now what's the steps? To, what's the steps to get there? All right, we gotta go to rehab every day. We gotta hit it hard every day. We got we gotta do it. You gotta get in your Bible, man. Get in your devotional. Train your mind again. You know, watch as much film as you can. Train your football mind again. Just get back into doing the basic thing that you used to do that got you to where you are. And that's what, that's what I went back to, man. I had a plan since I was four years old. That I, I wanted to play in the league, man. And everything that I tried to do up to that, up until this point, was leading towards that. So I said, all right, look. After I went down, all right, just go back to the basics, man. Go back and do what you do. Of course, you had those moments where you feel like you want to quit, man. But that's just the devil in your ear. Right. It's just the devil in your ear, man. If you keep God close enough to you, the devil can't touch you, man. So one of the things I appreciate about you, man, is, is I ain't gonna lie, man. You're a, a very, very exceptional young man. Like you always have been. You've been always been very respectful, um, very educated, man, and always been about family. And some of the things that I know. Right after your surgery, you made it a point to get back to your teammates. Whether you could play or not didn't matter, but wanting to be there to help them win, to help the coaches with whatever they needed, to help be an additional ear inside your teammates. I mean, for your teammates, man, I mean, that's, most people would have been like, it's about me at this point. I just want to stay home. I just want to do this. What, what motivated you to say, you know what, man? I may not be able to play, but somehow, some way, I can help my team. Man, I, I think, you know, I have a choice, man. Like, just me, you know, who I am and how much hurt I was in. The only the only thing that I could do was go was, was, was go to the field, man. The only thing that I wanted to do was go was go to the field. Even, even though I couldn't play, I needed to be around ball at that time. Man. I needed, I, I needed, like, football has always been the thing in my life that I'm going to, you know, when stuff, you know, gets rough for me or when I'm going through something. And whether that's just going out there and playing ball or shooting just just, talk, just talking ball. You know, I can't tell you how many times I'll call, you know, one of my old coaches up, we, we just sit and talk and talk ball for a couple hours, man. Or, you know, when I went back, you know, the ACC, you know, after, after I got injured and I was out there in practice, um, just talking to, you know, big shout out to um, Devon Bates for step, stepping at my spot, you know, that year, man, they played, Super exceptional, man. Just you know, talking to him and you know getting it, getting him ready each and every week. Like that, that helped me out. You know, like people, you know, people always saw that as you know, yeah, Isaiah's a great guy going back and helping the seamen doing things. But I, I was doing that a little bit selfishly, man, because I I needed that for myself too. You know, um, I think you know one of the most one of the most selfish things you can do is do something for somebody else mm -hmm. because the what the way it makes you feel, you know, at the end of it, and um, that's what I try to do. Each and every day, man, I, I understood um, the role I had on the team at that point. Um, you know, I was, you know, a two-time captain at that point, man. A lot, a lot of guys, you know, looked up to me. So understanding that, you know, 
I need to be there. I, I need God to see that, you know, I, I was all right and I was going to be there for him. So, man, I mean, my next question was, what advice would you give um, a younger athlete or even a veteran that's been in that same situation, but I feel like you tapped it off. Like, I feel like you search your soul, search your purpose, understand that everything is happening for a reason, right? And I truly do believe that God sends signs a lot of the time where he's either telling you to slow down or to give him a, 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 a clear vision that this is exactly what you want to do. So he'll throw the loops and throw the hurdles to be like, if you can show me that you're willing to go through all of this, then I'm going to provide you with everything that it is you want. Yep. And I think, you know, for me, man, you know, I was super excited going to leave 2021, man. Um, but I also had a little, little bit, a little bit of anxiety too, you know. Like you know, you know, am I am, am I ready? Am I truly ready to take that next step? And then you know, I had my ACL surgery, and then I had you know nine, ten months of rehab, played a whole season on the brakes, fight, fight through stuff, you know, during the season, to a point where now I feel great. And then you know, going through you know the combine process and pro day and, and getting ready for all that stuff, and now you know, realize looking back on it. God showed me, man. Like if you can go through all that, you're ready. You can you can play. You can play the league. You know, He gave me an opportunity to prove to myself that you can do this. You know, and I feel like He does that in a lot of different ways, man. You just listen to Him. You know, just listen, listen to Him, listen to what He's speaking, man. Because it's powerful if you hear it. Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, can you discuss the role of mentorship in your journey? like as a student athlete and beyond. And how can younger athletes find mentors who can guide and support them as well? Yeah, man, I, I've had, um, I've been blessed to have a lot of great, you know, male figures um, in, you know, in my life, you know, growing up. You know, my, my, my dad, of course, um, my my grandfather's, you know, you could, of course. Um, and I had a lot of, a lot of great coaches, uh, you know, coming up, man, I just poured, poured into me, man. And I was one of them, even like my first time playing ball, man, I was one of them annoying, annoying kids, man. Where it's like, you know, practice two hours, I'm standing at practice, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking to coach, man. You can ask my, my grandpa, man, he, he used to be honking a horn at me uh, to come on, man. I'm standing at the, I'm, I'm just talking to coach, man. It just, um, but that's, that's what you want to do, man. Um, coaches are there, or supposed to be there to help you and to develop you. And your family, you know, whether, whatever, whatever situation is, man, um, majority you know can go talk to somebody there's somebody out there that cares about you man somebody whether that's blood related or somebody you call family there's somebody out there you know that can that can help you and i had the pleasure of having a bunch of mentors you know in my life and in each in every aspect in life you know in you know religion in football in school um i had a bunch of mentors man that just truly poured into me um, but mentorship is a, a two-way street, and I don't think a lot of people under understand that. They just think somebody's just gonna give you the information. No, man, you gotta go out and seek it. You gotta go out and really, truly talk to people and have questions for them. You know, I, the biggest thing that I always tried to do when I was approaching a new person that I wanted to you know, learn something from, I wanted to make sure I knew something about them. You know, before I, before I, before I went up there and just asked them for something, I wanted to make a true connection with them. I gotta be able to know something about this person. I gotta be able to. Articulate what 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 I want, then well, I would ask them in the in the correct way as well. You know, so I think it takes a lot of internal. Like you gotta look internally first, you know, before you can try to be mentored by somebody else. Because 
if you don't know who you are, then you might come off a certain way to them that's, that's going to rub you the wrong way. You know, so I think mentorship is definitely a two-way street, man. It's not just a, a, it's not just a take, take, take. You got to be able to give something back, you know, as well. Man, like, that's everything, right? And so I appreciate you. I appreciate you because I'm always about sharing, right? I'm always about mentorship. Um, me and Lindell had the chance to go to my old high school, which is Belleville, and talk to a lot of those kids. Those kids are coming off of back-to-back state championships with multiple players who have um, been offered NIL deals. And they, they had no idea about taxes. They had no idea about some of these things. So I do believe that it's very, very beneficial that we educate and not educating by throwing them a book that they may not read, but educate them by providing them a course like Balling on a Budget, by providing them leaders in the community, individuals that been there, that done that the right way and can give back that information to be able to hopefully help reach out to you in something and something in some what of what they're saying you will be able to intake and listen and it'll be able to help you succeed in life as well. So my my, my last question is what what do you believe that with your athleticism, with your ability that you will be able to bring to the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, you know, I had, I had the pleasure, you know, and, I'm, and I'll be, I was blessed, you know, to be a, a three-time captain uh, and, signal, and, and signal caller um, for five years, actually, in NC State. You know, I, I ran defense there for five years. And I don't think that's something a, a, a lot of guys, you know, can say, you know, coming to NFL that they had five years of running, of running the system and telling everybody what to do and where to line up. You know, the, my, I think my leadership ability, um, you know, will, will be a great asset to them, you know, on a team full of great leaders, um, you know, coming in, you know, as an undrafted guy, and um, I just want, I just want to work, man. I've always been a workaholic, always been a guy that, that's going to stay, stay, stay late and, and get there early. Uh, that's something I don't care with me to the league. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm extremely physical, man. I, I, I enjoy contact. Um, I enjoy playing downhill. I enjoy getting, getting to the ball. And um, that's something that, you know, Coach Spagnoli and that defense, that's, that's what they do. That's, that's what they preach, man. Get to that ball, play downhill, play aggressive. And, um, you know, I can't wait to get to camp, you know, and show, show what I got. No doubt, man. Well, I wish you all the success. Family, I love you. Sure, um, too, man. No matter what, man. And if you, you, you ever have any questions, man, you know I'm here for you. You know, any connection of mine is a connection of yours. But I'd just like to appreciate you, man, and, and giving us, you know, a, a valuable minute and moment of your life, man, to be able to talk about your experience, right? So, again, I'm Willie Johnson. This is Isaiah Moore. Kansas City Chiefs, North Carolina State alum, uh, beast at that. And I don't have any type of accolades like that, so we won't even talk about it. But we appreciate y'all tuning in to Balling on the Budget.